My Journey to Love, Chapter One, The Beginning. The quote on the front of this is, the happiest I've ever felt was that moment I discovered you loved me too. Acutequotes.com. It's so refreshing to write a blog podcast that is uplifting and happy. Not that the others aren't important and necessary. It's just nice to write something that makes my heart race. This is a separate section to my blog podcast that is the first in a series that you can follow by chapter. It's my story, my journey to love. I hope you love it as much as I love living it. Enjoy. The beginning. Her. Beautiful inside and out. A breath of fresh air. Smart and sexy all in one. Kind, generous, fun, loving, caring, passionate, sensual, funny, sweet, giving, sexual, intelligent, God-loving, family-focused, dorky, silly, tall, cutest southern accent, and most importantly, adores me completely without reservation. April 2021. It is crazy how Facebook can be a life-changing moment in your life. I'm not talking about the social media concept of posting a story to your page or a funny meme. I'm not talking about the Facebook dating app. Yes, there actually is one. I'm talking about that crazy little thing that pops up that says, quote unquote, people you may know. They are sometimes people you truly know, and other times, as with the case I'm going to discuss, they are people that are friends with other people you are friends with, that aren't really your friends, but rather followers of people you know. They may simply just be gay, like you, or have other similarities. Whew, that was a lot to get out. Bottom line... You aren't really friends with them, but they're considered friends because you're mutually agreed to be friends. Who comes up with this? Either way, you can request these individuals and they can be on your friends list. This is how Chelsea and I became friends in the first place. So let's move forward with the beginning part of mine and Chelsea's story. As always, a part of my day is promoting mental health awareness through different social media outlets. I tend to jump on Facebook a few times a day, and in April it was no different than any other. As I'm scrolling down the page, this girl, Chelsea, yes, that is her real name, popped up on my people you may know, showing we had multiple friends in common. I didn't know her nor the friends we have in common, but I'm not going to lie. I was instantly attracted to her look and style. I managed to stalk the lingo used when you peruse someone's social media account. And while I admit she looked younger than me, I was still intrigued enough to find out more. So I was like, why not? And I hit add friend, thinking just maybe she would add me back. It didn't take long. A few minutes later, she accepted my friend request. Yes. I'm sure I said this out loud. In actuality, this doesn't mean much, usually. Big deal. Now you're friends on Facebook, and they see your posts, and you can see theirs. You can quote-unquote like their posts or comment, but that's about it. It doesn't typically go anywhere, there, or it is short-lived at that. However, with that being said, here are a few things that can happen. One, 
they start scoping out your page, liking or loving everything you post to see if you catch on and message them, or innocently enough, they just like what you have to say. Two, they immediately send you a private message saying, hey, or hi, in hopes that you engage. Let's say you do, and a few messages are exchanged back and forth. It usually dies out pretty quick thereafter. Here are the reasons I have seen. They're just getting out of a relationship, still in a relationship, just looking for added attention that they aren't getting from their person. You find out they aren't really your type, or you get back with your ex. I suppose there could be other reasons, but the bottom line is that it bottoms out. Or, in my case, number three happens. Number three. They wait for you to like something on their page a couple times and then message you and say, hi, with a bunch of exclamation points. The exclamation mark gives it more enthusiasm, I guess. Well, it worked for me, so I guess it was worth the extra ones added to that initial catchword of hi. So of course I responded. I say a simple hi with a smiley face next to it. This was my enthusiasm or interest back, lol. She then says, how are you this evening? To which I respond, good. Super sore from softball yesterday, but otherwise good. How are you? Perhaps a little sympathy plea, who knows my motive at that point. We then start talking about softball and that she's more of a basketball player, which prompted me to ask if she was tall. I mean, aren't all basketball players tall? Maybe not but it was my way to see how tall she was because I love tall girls. Sure enough, she is 5'9", yes, plus one in Chelsea's favor. We keep chatting about what she does in Missouri and what I do in Washington. Yes, we live a few states away. Of course we do. This information is easily found on their main page, so I already knew a little of what I was getting into. We texted about what we love and what we do for work, She is in social work, and I'm in mental health. Score another one for Chelsea. She lives a life of service, which usually means she has a good heart like me. We then talk about jobs in Washington for social workers, and she says she would love to visit. Another point given for that. No, no, not the lesbian U-Haul idea or conversation. Well, not yet anyway. We then talk of animals, which we both have one. Her a dog, me a cat. And that was the end of the conversation for the evening. Well, that was a fun get to know you back and forth, but I've seen these before and they die off for whatever reason on either end for one of the reasons I mentioned above. So how surprised was I when the next morning at 8 a.m. I get another message from her asking if I have Snapchat. I respond yes and give her my Snapchat name so she can add me. She does and we start our Snapchatting adventure Oh, social media, love-hate relationship that continues for days with random messages and cute pictures exchanged on both sides. I finally decide to give her my phone number so we can text and talk, which is the easiest for me. She sends me hers in exchange. Well, well, one more step closer to actually talking, which, to be honest, is my best communication style. I can do all the other styles, but talking is just easier, and you can learn a lot more about a person when you actually talk to them. Like, can they actually hold a conversation? 
Important piece to any relationship, and if this is the start of one, we have to be able to talk. So we start texting, and a week in, she says she's going out with some friends and plans to FaceTime me that night. What? FaceTime? That wasn't where I was going with this. That is a whole other type of communication. Also important, so you know you aren't being catfished. But was I ready for that? I still had some rather important questions to get answered before that happens. I better get on it. My question, how old are you? Age difference. At this point, I'm still a little concerned about our age difference. Yes, I definitely know there is one. Not that it really matters. I know we are both consenting adults. Has nothing to do with that. But I am curious as to how much younger she is than me. If I had to guess, I would say she was late 20s, early 30s, but not a day over that. So I decide to discreetly slide this little question into our snap conversation one day. I say, so, when's your birthday? Her response is vague. She tells me the month and day and leaves off the year. What the hell? Then she asks mine. So I purposely leave off the year of mine too. She seemed okay with that answer. Nope, not for me. So I come back around with, year please? And she, without hesitancy, sends it. 1993. I about fell off my chair. Let's just say there are a few years between us. Like a lot of few years. 22 to be exact. Or let's add insult to injury here. My son was born in 1994. Yes, like mine, I am sure your mouth just dropped open. Crazy. Then she asks for the year I was born, and without missing a beat, I said, it doesn't matter. She said, um, I told you mine. And I said, if I tell you, you may not talk to me again. She said, that is not true. Tell me. So I nervously, one digit at a time, type one, nine, seven, zero, and I wait. She then says, what, question mark? And I respond with, I told you, I am 50. I just turned in October. She said, there is no way you are 50. You do not look 50. My response, as always, is, thank you, but I am. The next text, as I see the bubble pop up showing she is texting, I don't care. I'm already attracted to you, so dot, dot, dot. There I am again, sitting with my mouth hung open, shocked, but happy. Is this for real? Is she for real? Like she really doesn't care about the 22 years between us? Hmm. Okay, then. What I know is this. She's super cute. I, too, am attracted to her. And the communication so far is great. No harm, no foul, right? Why not? We continue chatting away for the next week until Friday rolls around, and it is time for her to FaceTime me. Yikes. Face-to-face, FaceTime. I knew she wanted to FaceTime me. She said that. 
She's bold, no doubt. But like I said, in today's day, this is a very important thing to do. I didn't design a whole show called Catfish for no reason. This facade happens more often than not. So I knew it was coming at some point. So why was I so nervous? I don't look different than in pictures. I guess I was just nervous to hear her voice and see her face to face while talking to me. Funny story. I found out later she was just as nervous to hear my voice too. In fact, I think her exact words were, what if she sounds like one of those smokers on the anti-smoking commercials? Oh my God, what the hell? I'm 50, not 90, and I don't smoke. She's so funny and completely ridiculous. I don't have a voice like that, by the way. If you're listening to this on my podcast, you're fully aware. If you're reading this as a blog, trust me, it is nothing like that description. Oh, Chelsea. Anyway, Friday rolls around and in comes the call. FaceTime, Chelsea calling. Holy crap, this is it. I let it ring twice and then answer. Of course I'm in the best lighting of the house. Gotta look good, duh. She is at a bonfire and it is somewhat dark, but I can see her just fine. She's exactly how she appears in her pictures. She is calm and sweet. She's beautiful. Her voice is soft and her southern accent is adorable. I smile just writing this. She literally had me at high. I was grinning the whole time. I will admit, she can be hard to gauge. I didn't know what she thought of me. She didn't appear disappointed, but she didn't want to hang up either. She was engaging, but she was with friends, so a little quieter on her end. We talked for a bit, and then I had to get back to my friends at my bonfire, so we said goodbye and hung up. We texted after, and she said I was cute. Well, that was enough for me. We both felt the same. Yay. I found out later that she said she thought I was cute and couldn't stop smiling the whole time. She said that she couldn't even look at me most of the FaceTime, which is why she made her friend talk to me for some of it. So cute. So that went better than I expected, and we broke the ice. More points for Chelsea. She started the FaceTime movement, which has been going strong ever since. So thankful. Now moving forward. For the sake of time in this blog podcast, I will summarize that the texting, sexting, FaceTime, snaps, social media posts, including each other, and advertising our somewhat start of a relationship for others to see continued daily. I had a pretty good grasp on her, and she knew extremely well as well. Then things took another turn. For the better. The lesbian fast track. No. We haven't U-hauled. I am sure that is the first thoughts when the title is, quote-unquote, the lesbian fast track. But no. For those of you that are unfamiliar with this lesbian statement, the joke is... What does a lesbian bring on the second date? Answer, a U-Haul. This is not the case for us. Have we since talked about living together and what that would look like someday? Of course. It would be stupid for us not to. I mean, why even start something if the ultimate goal isn't to be together, right? However, for this section, it is all the other fast-tracking that we have done. We will start with what I call girlfriending up. In other words, we're girlfriends. I don't remember the exact date, 
I know, shocking. I'm a date and time nomad and remember most important ones. But for some reason, I didn't on this. But I do remember waking up to the text from Chelsea. She's two hours ahead of me. And the gist of it was that she doesn't want me with anyone else. Quote unquote. So yeah, I'm saying I want you for my girlfriend. I remember laying there numb, shocked, stunned, scared, happy. Yeah, all those emotions. She doesn't know all that. Well, until now. It took me a few minutes then I was like, yeah, she is my girlfriend. I like that. I love knowing that no matter what, she is mine and I am hers. No better time to build trust when dating someone in another state than now. In hindsight, I don't know why I was scared. I couldn't imagine her with anyone but me. I wouldn't want it any other way and how cute of her to just claim me like that. She is pretty ballsy. Sometimes I'm amazed by her. Actually, she amazes me daily. So that got the ball rolling. We are now girlfriends. How exciting for both of us. I want to be clear in that while all this good stuff is going on, there are still the difficult conversations we sneak in as well. Like the distance between us. When will we see each other? The age gap, which is more my issue, not hers. I worry she will struggle with it at some point. Children, family concerns, missing each other, our roles in the relationship and in bed, human touch, etc. The best thing about us, honestly, is how well we do communicate. She still isn't the biggest fan of phone calls, but I told her we have to get comfortable with it because we don't have the ability to see each other when we want. She's much, be she's much better with it now. Thankfully, and I have to say that the goodnight phone calls that have begun happening after she gets off work, even if just to say, I love you, goodnight, means more to me than anything. I know, sickening sweet, but it truly is mind-soothing. I love you. Speaking of saying I love you, well, when it comes to me and Chelsea, I would have to say she's definitely more of the aggressor between the two of us. She usually speaks up first. She is more of the stem tomboy and typically takes the lead. Although I try to convince her that I'm the boss. I tend to lose that argument. She was the first to say hi to me, and she was the first to ask to be girlfriends. But I? Well, I was the first to bring up the L word. Yep, I get the credit for this one. I just remember feeling this overwhelming pressure in my chest, like my heart was heavy in a good way. My heart started to feel what I call, quote unquote, hot. Whenever I thought about her, talked about her, heard her voice, got a text or a picture from her, or saw her on FaceTime. My heart felt overwhelmingly hot. She laughs even to this day when I say this, but I tell her that my heart feels hot. She says she doesn't know what that means, but she loves it. She loves that I say it, and it makes her laugh. Maybe some of you can relate, or maybe it truly is just me. It's like the feeling of butterflies, but it's in your chest. It's the most amazing feeling, honestly. I didn't know why or what it was, but someone said, I think what you're feeling is love. Weird. I've loved before. I've loved other women. I love my son. I love my friends and family. But this, this is different. It's hot in a different way. Yep. 
a different love. So after four days of feeling this, I mentioned it to Chels, one of the few names I call her other than babe, baby, or honey. I tell her how I'm feeling and even send her this, the definition of love, which states, love, or L-U-V. Merriam-Webster. An intense feeling of deep affection. A great interest and pleasure in something. A feeling of strong or constant affection for a person. Attraction that includes sexual desire. The strong affection felt by people who have a romantic relationship. A person you love in a romantic way. I reread them and say, holy shit, I feel all those. So I send the definition and tell her, I feel all these for you. She sent back this. Say it. So I immediately and comfortably text back, I love you. I tell her I've been feeling it for about four days, but didn't know for sure and then realized that it was what I was feeling. I immediately see the bubble text pop up. I wait. Then her text comes through. I love you too. Wow. Seriously? Wow. She loves me too. It just keeps getting better. For some people, and we don't care about others' opinions, they don't get it. They think it's too soon, and how can you possibly love someone that you haven't met in person? Well, here's my answer to that. Since I've carried a child in my womb for nine months and hadn't met my son until he was born, I can honestly tell you that I loved him more than anything before I met him in person. It is very possible to love someone without having met them face to face. Just because you haven't touched them doesn't mean you can't love them. Such is the case for us. We have spent an enormous amount of time getting to know each other, which has been so amazing. We have been through cranky moments, her tired from work, bitchiness, me dealing with work, and both times we find the love within us to be the strength for the other one struggling. We have both had to go to the hospital for medical reasons since we've been together, which has tested our strength and love when we can't be there to comfort the other one in their time of need due to our distance. We are not without barriers and struggles, that is for sure. What we look forward to is planning, and we do a lot of talking about when we're going to be together. We happen to share a lot of similarities, and we just get each other in a way nobody has gotten us. We love without limits. We care beyond measure. We have a bond that is unbreakable. We also share the same love language, a physical touch. So it's super important that we get that and planning our trips has been a motivator for that to happen and to keep us both excited and at bay to see each other. Here is the exciting part that we get to experience and you get to follow. We had originally planned for Chelsea to come to Seattle mid-July, but we decided we didn't want to wait any longer. So. I'm flying to St. Louis this Friday, June 18th, 2021. We have had the countdown since 18 days. We are now down to four tomorrow. We couldn't possibly be any more excited and a little bit nervous to be in each other's arms. Time to meet Missouri bound. The day is coming. Today is almost over, and by tomorrow, Monday, the countdown will be at four days until I land in Missouri to meet my girlfriend. 
I can't wait to see her and kiss her for the first time. To look her in the eyes while holding her hands and tell her that I love her. Something I have wanted to do since I texted her those exact words. She has booked us an amazing hotel in St. Louis and planned the entire weekend, except for food. We decided to wing it and just decide when we are hungry. To see the sights and just be a couple, finally. So there you have it. The start of my journey, our journey, to love. We have both been in tumultuous relationships in the past, both looking for something we haven't found until now. It's a crazy story, as you can see, but it's our story, and we love every second of it. We have a few obstacles in our journey, but nothing we can't get through together. Leaving her and coming home will probably be a huge test of my emotions, but we will somehow know how to navigate through the difficult and challenging times, and most importantly, we know that we have each other. We have trust, patience, and love. We got this. Stay tuned for Chapter 2, Missouri, coming soon. Until then, continue to live your best life. Thank you for following mine, and as always, you're welcome.